I was always the girl known as the softball player where I grew up. Um, you know, I played varsity all four years of high school. Um, that was something I took a lot of pride in was I made the varsity team my freshman year. When I went on to my JUCO college, I broke records at that school. Granted, like the softball program was a very new program, but again, it was one of my goals to um, like kind of like leave a mark there. Welcome to the Love Your Body Now podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to feel confident in their body right now and redefine what health looks like for them. I'm Savannah, your host, and together we'll be having conversations about what it means to accept and love our bodies now while simultaneously prioritizing our health journey. We'll be debunking beliefs that do not serve us and diving into misconceptions and unhealthy narratives in the fitness world so that we can rebuild our foundation from a place of self-love. Hello, I hope that you are having a great day today so far. At the time of this recording, it is a Sunday afternoon. I'm feeling good, and I actually wasn't planning on recording an episode today, but I feel like I was I got a lot done today and um, was just kind of feeling this this topic and this episode that I want to dive into, which is all about being an overachiever how that plays a role in our day-to-day life, how it plays a role in our fitness journey. And I want to share a little bit about how it played a role uh, in my life specifically when I was an athlete and what uh, had happened during my transition out of athletics. So even if you played athletics or you're a retired athlete, I feel like you're going to really resonate with this episode. And even if you didn't play sports growing up, just being an overachiever in general, how it can affect us emotionally if, we, if we're if we not aware of it. And obviously being an overachiever, we're very results driven. And sometimes, again, if we're not aware, sometimes we can allow these results that we achieve to have a direct correlation to how we view our own worth and I struggled with this for a really long time, especially in high school and my college years and, a, you know, the first couple of years into my just real, my real adult life, uh, that transition from college and an athlete to no longer an athlete and just entering the workforce. So I want to have a conversation about it and open up that narrative, especially if you feel like you are an overachiever and maybe you struggle with this. So first of all, I want to share about my background uh, and how being an overachiever applied to my life when I was in high school and college, uh, more specifically playing sports. So when you are a high achiever, obviously, you are very driven by achieving goals and getting results. Like it is something that really drives us. And if we're not careful, we can allow our, allow those things to really hold a lot of what our worth is. And 
obviously like I'm not going to get super deep into the psychology of it, but there is a lot of studies on it of where that comes from, why that is. And obviously for high achievers, a lot of it has to do with seeking validation um, and feeling worthy and like we are enough. And I feel like when I played sports, there were a couple of sports that I really um, channeled that into. And um, I mean, if you know who I am, then you can probably guess what sport, but more specifically softball for me growing up was my everything. (laughs) Like, it's kind of weird looking back how much that sport like meant to me. And it, it, was something that I was so and fixated on like all the time. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Like I channeled everything into that sport. And obviously like being an overachiever, we're incredibly hard workers. So I learned a lot about myself playing that sport and what I was capable of because of how much work I put into that sport. And I think again, part of it, a lot of it, like it taught me so much. It taught me so much about myself. Like I worked so hard, but at the same time, I think my passion for that sport and to achieve in that sport became my way of proving to myself that I was worthy. And I, it's, it's kind of crazy thinking back like how that was, but I was very driven by stats Um, and how I performed in that sport. And I had always been like really good at softball. Um, I'm not saying that like from ego, but like I was a really good softball player. And I even when I went to college, like the only thing I really cared about was playing softball. Like I did not really care about what I was going to get my degree in. Um, It was definitely like a back burner type of thing where I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll just decide this major or whatever, but like I'm here to play softball. And I think it was just because, again, I was so channeled into that sport that I couldn't imagine my life without it. And I know for a lot of athletes, that's typically how we feel about our sport. But I also feel like for me, it was something that I clung to so much because I don't think I felt very confident or worthy outside of that sport. And so I worked all year round. Um, I like trained in the weight room and doing like field work and uh, batting work on my own time all year round because I would set stat goals, you know, um, whether it be like how many hits, how many runs I scored, all of those things. Like I was so focused on that. And if I didn't achieve that during the season, it was like, it, it really, really hurt my ego. And I felt so disappointed in myself if something like that happened. Um, but most of the time I did achieve my goals. And so I, if you don't know this, I actually played for two years at a JUCO college and then I transferred to a university to finish out my last two years. And it was the last two years of my softball career ever that were the, the the most humbling and like life altering for me because 
like I said before, I I was always the girl known as the softball player where I grew up. Um, you know, I played varsity all four years of high school. Um, that was something I took a lot of pride in was I made the varsity team my freshman year. When I went on to my JUCO college, I broke records at that school. Granted, like the softball program was a very new program, but again, it was one of my goals to um, like kind of like leave a mark there at that pl- at that school because there was there was so much opportunity to do so. So it was important for me to achieve those things. And then um, you know, I always started, I always played. And when I transferred to the university to play my junior and senior year. It was a very, very challenging experience for me because these were the first years ever, like in my life, that I didn't start. And like I mentioned before, it for me, I feel like that sport, that was the outlet for me for my entire life. Like I had always like channeled everything into that sport like academics were always I mean they were a priority but like the only thing I ever cared about was playing softball and again I think it's because I felt so much validation I that was the only time I really ever felt confident in myself I was very results driven and I achieved pretty much all the goals that I had set out for myself I worked very hard the sport made me a better person, obviously, because um, I worked so hard. But when I got to this school and I didn't start, it was like this internal thing where I no longer had my outlet and I no longer felt confident in the one thing that I felt the most confident in. And that may sound selfish as like an athlete because, you know, you always hear like being on teams and stuff, like it's not about you. This is a a team effort. Like, and you know, that was something that I had to tell myself a lot those last two years because it made me realize like, okay, I really do play this sport for myself. I mean, obviously there's a part of me that plays it for the team and I met so many wonderful people playing softball and I recognize that. But the reasons that I played softball, I think, were because I needed an outlet like that. And it was something that I was so passionate about that it just, it it almost like broke my heart that I couldn't play. Um, because it was like the one time ever that I actually felt alive. I felt amazing playing it and like everything else in the world just like tuned out. And I say that because, you know, I think I'm the more self-aware I become of myself, the more I realize that I really internalize a lot of things and I'm not the best at processing my emotions and a lot of emotions get suppressed. So it really was this thing that I just was able to express myself in a way that I I just didn't allow myself to do anywhere else. And so my junior year, I didn't play a whole lot. And I also didn't do very well either because I was struggling so much with my confidence at that point because I had never not played. So I was like in this whole mental spiral of like, I'm not good enough. Like this whole time, like I've ever been playing softball, I 
I thought how amazing I was. And, um, you know, it was kind of like, maybe I'm not as amazing as I thought I was, or maybe I didn't work hard enough. So I was like questioning everything, um, allowing this, this situation to rattle me so hard. And then my senior year was actually 2020. So we really only got to one tournament and then our season ended. So I actually didn't really um, get to see how that season would have played out. I mean, I don't think it would have been much different from my previous year. Uh, But I think at that point, because I was so, I was so like, my light had kind of fizzled out with the sport after going through my junior year that I I wasn't as heartbroken as I thought I would be the last day I'd play softball, you know? Like when you're an athlete and you've played a sport like all your life, you always envision the last day that you'll ever play and you're like, that'll be like a really, really sad day. And I didn't, that didn't happen for me because COVID was like such a spiral of emotions and weird shit happening. Anyways, it was kind of like, okay, like, I guess this is what hap- this is what is happening. But I say all that and I share all that because I think it's important to point out what, if you are an overachiever and that is how your brain works, those types of things can really rattle you and they can really affect you emotionally if you aren't aware of them. And that's honestly what happened for me with that sport, especially in college. And it kind of, it kind of trickled into my adult life after that. Um, as far as like feeling the need to achieve, um, obviously COVID was such a weird transition into the, the workforce, but it still was something that, you know, I had for 18, no, for about 22. Well, I guess technically not. I didn't start playing softball when I was born. Um, But for however many years that I started playing softball, you know, age of t-ball, whatever, and like that became my sport, that had always been the thing that, again, I allowed to like be what validated me and then to transition out of that into the workforce and really not have a clue of like, what am I going to do with my life? Because I really didn't know. If that's how I personally felt validated, it was kind of like this thing where, oh my gosh, like, who am I? (laughs) And that's kind of what happens when overachievers don't have something to pour all of themselves into if they are still kind of in that mindset of like, I have to do something, I have to achieve, I have to, uh, set goals and I have to achieve these goals. And, you know, it kind of channeled into when I started doing coaching and partnering with the fitness company that I have talked about in previous episodes. Um, When I was doing that, I kind of channeled that achiever mindset into that and was trying to hit like accolades in that business and you you know kind of like prove myself and prove my worth and prove that yeah like I am the type of person that hits my goals and I beat everybody you know I'm very competitive at um to my core and it was like one of those things where I was like I need to stand out 
in something in order to feel validated and to feel like I am worthy of something. And that's what happened was I, I became, I started channeling myself into that new venture. And, you know, anytime I would hit an accolade or I would achieve a goal and it would get shared about and everyone would congratulate me, it was kind of like I was feeding off of that again. Same situation as when I was playing softball and I was feeding off of the sport of everyone telling me how amazing I was at the sport and me constantly being, um, you know, achieving in that sport and just like really exceeding expectations in that. Like that was what I fed off of. And that's what happened when I transitioned um, into coaching was it became about that. And there was always, you know, at the beginning of the new year, you're setting goals. So I had to figure out things that I was going to set goals in, in order to make me feel like I was doing something with my life. So I would set like these huge, big goals and, um, you know, basically tell everyone like, Hey, this is what I'm going to achieve this year. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And sometimes I would achieve it and sometimes it would end up leading to burnout and it would end up leading to me feeling like the biggest failure in the world. And that is the reality of being an overachiever. It is setting these high expectations for yourself to prove to yourself and to the world of how capable you are and how enough you are and how hardworking you are, but then if you don't achieve it, you feel like the biggest disappointment in the world and you are really the only person that is holding this pressure over yourself. So obviously you are your biggest critic, but that's what happens when we are not careful. And this can also translate in your fitness journey as well. I come from a background obviously of sports but training all year round and I did powerlifting so when I did powerlifting I had to win that was that was my mentality like I had to win or else <laughs> and when I played sports in college and you know we would always do like lifting together it was my mindset that I was like I have to be the strongest girl on the team and if I'm not then I'm like I'm a failure. That that was the mindset. And when I was out of sports and retired from that, it was it was weird because I was like it, in COVID, this was COVID time where like the gyms were shut down. So and I didn't have like any equipment where I was at. So it was like how do I what do I even channel? Like I'm so used to setting these high high goals for myself and now I can't do that. And so it has to go somewhere, right? We have to channel it somewhere. And I see a lot of people do this in the fitness industry who have that overachiever mindset where they set these these challenges or these goals for themselves that they kind of just like pull out of thin air. Like, trust me, I've done it. Like, oh, I want to lift this amount of weight and I just kind of pulled that number out of thin air. I don't really know why. And we do everything in our power to work towards it and achieve it. 
And if we don't, then somehow we've failed in some way. And something I've learned over the course of my three years um, being in a very different fitness journey is that when we can take our focus away from the end results and the goal and focus in on the day-to-day progress, like I personally am so much more happy and I feel, I still feel as confident, but I no longer give a shit about whether I achieve the goal and whether someone knows I've achieved the goal. And I don't allow that outside validation to hold this um, belief that it is what my worth is. And I think that that's the best thing that everyone, but especially overachievers can kind of realize for themselves and start to live out for themselves is that, yeah, like setting goals is really great because you're going to constantly improve and strive to be better and to challenge yourself. But, and, but I think it's important to it, like really focus in on yourself first and just like how you want to feel on a regular basis and what you want your life to be like and kind of visualize that and then set goals that will get you closer to that visualization because then it takes the focus off of the goal and then you're not so focused on achieving that specific one goal because again we may or may not achieve that goal it's it just happens, but it doesn't mean that we've failed if we don't achieve it. That's when you have to really take a look at what are all of the things that, how, like, how far have I come just trying to work towards this goal? Like, how different has my life changed just by setting out to achieve this goal? And that's the more important part is all of the progress that you've made rather than did I achieve the goal or not? That's been really like the mindset shift that I've had and I've had to do it in not only my fitness journey but um, my career and any other personal things in my life I've had to shift that mindset of okay yes I'm gonna set goals this year but I'm first going to visualize what I want my life to look like how I want it to feel what are the day-to-days that I want to be doing And what are the things that I have to do on a day-to-day basis to get closer to that? Yes, I'll use the goals as milestones to make sure that I'm on the right track. But if I achieve them, great. If I don't, oh well. Like I got closer to the life I envisioned for myself and I can always try again. It doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It doesn't mean that I like am unsuccessful. We have to really take control of defining what success is in our life rather than allowing false narratives to deem whether or not we are successful. Because if you continue out that lifestyle that some overachievers fall into, you're going to end up unhappy and you're going to continue to allow outside validation to be what drives you and like you're not going to be fulfilled from outside validation because there will always be things out of your control that you can't do anything about and it's important that 
you are focusing on the things that you can control. So this is your reminder that if you are an overachiever, that you are enough right now and that your achievements, your goals, your results, they're great, but they have nothing to do with who you are as a person or your overall worth. The main thing to focus on is, again, envisioning the life you want for yourself long term. How can you get yourself closer to that? And then set goals that bring you closer to that and always be present in the moment. Reflect on the day-to-day progress that you've made and celebrate those small things. I know how hard it can be to celebrate the small wins as an overachiever because we hold ourselves to such a high, high standard. But trust me, it has like liberated me in so many ways that I would have never thought. So I hope that this episode was helpful and resonated. And if you have thoughts on it, please share with me, send me a DM. Or if you are on a journey of letting go of some of those overachiever mindsets, then you are not alone. And please don't be afraid to reach out to me if you ever need support. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. You have no idea how grateful I am to have you as one of the Love Your Body Now listeners. If you are loving this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you subscribed and left a review. This helps me get the message out to more women just like you who are also committed to their journey. And if you love this episode, please be sure to share it with someone who you know needs to hear today's message. Together, we can help more women recognize their self-worth and build their confidence from a much deeper place just like you're doing right now. Let's help change the world one woman at a time. All right, talk to you soon, friend.